welcome back to another episode of Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Come with me into the waters of conspiracy with Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Mr. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. With my friend Ryan Davis. Uh, hi, Ryan. We're like the first this gay cause... couple of conspiracy yeah. theories. Yeah. I think it's beautiful, man. Out there, partner. Say that again. It's some mystical, deep, dark realm, crazy shit. Wake up, Aaron. There's reptile people everywhere. Hey, man, what's hey, the truth there, dog? Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Are you ready to get your mind blown? You know what's interesting about podcasting? It doesn't matter how many of these I put out that I do. All my, I always think I'm gonna, I'm fucking this up. Yeah, it's not gonna record every it's time. Gonna, I did one with Mike Vallely. This, uh, he's a name dope, dropper. Uh, dope, dope skater. skater that you don't know, <laughs> but um, he's a fucking rad American man. And and we had the uh, best conversation. And I hit this shit on the wrong thing so that it was only these top speakers that were going. But we were outside on a park bench on Lincoln. And it was just like, I was like, Ugh. I haven't talked to him since then. It's been two years. I've been too embarrassed. Uh, that happened to us one time. Um, punch drunk. We were, we had Steve Renazizi in the room and we were talking about it. And then Tebow and I love to try to get uh, Steve to throw up because he has this weird gag reflex with uh, if, if we, if he, if you get too descriptive with your pornography, like too descriptive. He gets really weirded out. And so, so he was telling this, as Tebow was telling the story about a friend of ours named Phoenix Marie. She's this famous adult. I know her. Yeah. I, I think you too, Gila. Melissa. Well, well yeah, that's her real name. But, you know, her, her, her well known world name is Phoenix Marie. And I could see you two hooking up because you're two Vikings. P. Mizzle or something. She yeah. She calls yeah, herself. Yeah. yeah. On, on, on She's Twitter. She's sweet, man. She's a nicest nice girl. Yeah. Nicest human being, you know, just a savage though. Yeah. Just a savage. I haven't looked at too many of the films because I think I'd be too. I, I like to think of people in a sweeter way, and I don't like to think. That they're well, that my much problem is with, and I'll get back to the story. But the, my problem is once I know these people, yeah. I can't watch their films. Yeah, because it's just too much that. savagery. It's almost like it's got to be almost along the way of like when you're watching your friend in an MMA fight. And it's a very bloody fight. And you're like, yep. oh, that's my homeboy. I, yep. I can't, I can't it's watch It's horrible this. to sit there cage side to watch a friend get beat down. Like having that experience is awful. It's got to be rough. I think that that, um, do you think that that goes into interpersonal problems too? Like once I know my girlfriend too much, I'm not interested as much. Because I, I see guys look for novelty a lot. They go from girlfriend to girlfriend to girlfriend because they're like, well, the sex wanes because now I, I already know I what she's like it. when she's cooking breakfast or whatever. That's the hunter in us still. We like to chase, and once we got it, we're like, eh. It seems know. like savage and rude, but at the same time, there's got to be like a way that there's a conversation of nurturing and love that's in there that makes it like, this is, because it's like, that's, if, if that's the truth, the biological push to that, then at the same time, I feel like you got to, if you're going to regard like the biological push to have babies and everything and be like, oh, that's beautiful in motherhood, it's like, there's that other aspect that's more male that is also equally viable and not to be like derided. I don't think. Well, my whole thing is that a uh, women 
di- dictate the rules of society and interacting. Men dictate the rules of business. So what women find right. socially acceptable is what society finds socially acceptable. What men decide in business is correct is what the laws of business are. That's how it goes and goes directly to the old days of hunting and gathering. We would hunt how people would interact with each other. We're determined by men out in the field of business, why women stayed home, and they determined how the rules of the village were. And that's exactly, and I, that's I right came up with this. Too. That's beautiful, Sam. I mean, really, oh. like, I never thought of it like that, but that seems real accurate. Well, I mean, I, I realized this when I was on Facebook and I saw uh, advertisements for uh, vibrators on Facebook. And I go, that would never happen if you flipped that the other way to pocket pussies. Yeah, to like fleshlights. Right. Because women like I've done I've done shows where like I bring out a bag of vibrators and women lose their skulls. Right. They lose their skulls. It's why Magic Mike can fucking give away an Oscar at the Oscar and how everyone tries to convince themselves that movie has a great plot to it and it's a wonderfully written movie, you know, because women have decided that that's a socially acceptable thing. That was like thing. the that was like the male showgirls. Yeah. Showgirls back in the day was was that with Gina Gershon and yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever that blonde hair chick's name is elizabeth berkeley who that's her it destroyed her career but like pan but the male version of that like it quickly acclaimed right, 20 years later yeah it's a, that's a crazy thing about the way like i've got a, a friend he's got a company and uh he's got a coffee cup that says kick kick today in the dick or something like that and a friend of mine then sends me a picture of that and goes what would you think the reaction would be if that was a vajayjay kick today in the pussy and i'm like yeah that and I was like, God, it's weird how comfortable you are, Tate, with violence against men. But violence against women is a cringeworthy thing. And like, where did like, where did your comfort? I mean, not that either are great, but like, where did where did, where is it? Like, why is this acceptable? Why, why does this land land on you softer than that? You know? Well, it's why uh, it's why when a guy gets his dick cut off by a girl and openly mocked on mainstream television shows, and people laugh at it. But if you cut that to a girl cutting her Tit, someone cutting a woman's breasts off, uh, it would be uh, ho- horrific, which goes back to women decide socially what is acceptable. It's interesting, and what is man. It's interesting. You ever heard the idea that women invented language back in the hunters no. and gatherers? So they would be gathering and they would have to describe the different berries and things, the vegetables, and the characteristics in men being hunters, being quiet and stoic is what was looked into. So guys like us that are able to talk openly about anything or emotions, when you go on a hunt, you want this guy to be quiet or right. he's going to scare the prey away. Yeah, don't chatter. So women invented language because they get around and they get... And that's how we so got ins- the view. Yeah. That's how that's we got we the, the view. The view is just people fucking picking berries in the village. I watched Good Morning America the other day and I was horrified. I was like, wow, there's a whole bunch of America that loves this. And I don't even think they're speaking the same language that I speak. These are different kinds of people that is geared towards housewives it's a trip man i had no idea well you know it's and we'll get into this whole thing we want to talk about today but it's my whole theory on why the pay gap thing was invented that there's this huge pay gap between men and women and giving women this thought that if we have the same job i'm getting paid 30 cents more an hour than she is simply because she's a woman which is not true at all which is basically the it's over the lifetime of a career meaning from the minute you start working your first job to the day you retire that's what that is and that has to do everything with 
career decisions women make. Women tend to make more emotional decisions based on family and not want to uproot family and all that stuff. And men are more like career driven, you know, but they, they came up with that so that women would include themselves into this kind of minority ethnic uh, where we're held back by the white man thing, uh, because if they didn't get women into that movement, it would never take any. They couldn't talk about it on Good Morning. I mean, they America. got white women pretending they're black women right now. Yeah, that's amazing. all done. That's mentally to keep them in because w- white women buy more shit than anybody else in the country. Yeah. They buy more. So if you alienate that group. You're fucked. They'll never buy any of your products. I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day about that, and we're talking about. He's like, "Man, you're well dressed." I was at this party, and I go, "Thanks, man." And and I said, "He says, how do you how do you do all that?" I go, "I don't know. You just get an eye or whatever." But I said, "There's just choices for women, and there's not choices for men. And especially if you're an extra large man, you don't have any choices that fit. The sleeves are going to be too short. The belly is going to be way too big, and even the shoulders aren't going to really work or whatever. But it's like there's that that is that is the spending dynamic. It's like the women. They, there's not a bunch of dudes that are like me that are spending money on clothes. You know, it's like I mean, even Brendan Schaub don't shop for himself. You know what I mean? He right. got, he got a like. It's it's a different it's a different deal. I'm wondering if there's another side to that women's thing that you're saying about the pay gap because I know that any accountant can make anything look any kind of way. And it's like, so there's an argument here, there's an argument here. And I don't, I don't know, I haven't looked at enough numbers to know what's well, true. Well, I, I think the best argument for that is that if women actually got paid 30 cents more, less. less than men, why would a business ever hire men? Why wouldn't they just hire people they have to pay right. less to right. all the time? It only makes sense business-wise. Right. Well, and that's the thing I, I'd always thought about whenever I, I used, the first time I heard that, I was working in a nightclub and and there was the first time I ever had it and this is like maybe the late 90s or early 2000s but all the girlfriends that I'd ever dated except when I was selling drugs all of them made two or three times more money than I did but all of us had the same education and so if you're like lightly educated or not educated and you're a dude can be a construction worker you can be in the army you can be a police officer um which is weird uh you can work at a gas station or or uh, be a bouncer at a bar which i was um if you're a woman you can be a stripper which is high paid one two thousand dollars a night at least four or five hundred even if you're in a shitty place and then if you're a waitress the same kind of money you, you get know tip five more. eight hundred dollars a month like or a night rather and so like like that that was the thing i thought god that pay gap that was the first time i thought that's bullshit because i wish i could make as much money as my girlfriend's making and and you're just in that position all the time where you're working twice as much and you're still making half the money yeah and, and so like that's a true thing too and so all this sour grape stuff where people are like i just want to be contrary on the internet it's like Man, there's a story that, that fits whatever paradigm, yep. whatever narrative that you want to put out there. Cool story. How about you go out there and get yours? You know? I couldn't just, agree just more. Just because there's a goalie don't mean you can't score. And if it was so easy that I just could have nice titties and, and, and a slim waist, God damn, I'm, I was always jealous of women. I was like, God damn, I would for sure do that. And then people will say, well, then that's sexist and this and that. Yeah, I get it. Whatever. It is what it is. It makes the world go around. I used to fight in my underwear in front of people that were waiting <laughs> to see me get crushed or that needed me to win or whatever. Talk about selling your body. Oh, like, yeah. For, so shut the fuck up with that argument to me, actually, individually. And most of the people that I only see that bitch about that stuff are people that are just fucking cemented to the couch anyway and are not participants in life. 
There are there there is definitely within like the pornography industry there is definitely this whole thing where like some of these girls have bad drug problems some of these girls come from bad homes but just like I I mean, people are gonna think I'm crazy but just like the NBA or any pro sports thing like pornography lifts some girls out of the fucking sure. out of the poverty and some of them really like their job you know it's like and the truth is it's like how many people actually love their job. Like, they're like, oh, those girls hate their jobs. Yeah, so do a lot of fucking people. Yeah. A lot of fucking people hate their jobs. And I'm not saying pornography is right or anything like that, but to demonize it across Got the board. Got me through is, some dark spots. Yeah, and you know what, man? It's like Big ups to it's one of my many addictions I have. One of my many, I mean, my my drug addiction and my uh, porn addiction or my sex addiction, they're tag team champions, okay? Yeah, okay. They have the They're strap. like, let's work together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be undefeatable. They're like they're like when you see Nikolai Volkov and Iron Sheik come together. You're like, God damn, they're working together. <laughs> they're working together. We got no chance. I didn't really have a chance on one of them, but God damn. <laughs> now I just have a hopelessness that's pervasive throughout my soul. Well, uh, why are we here? How did we get here? Okay, this is great. I want to bring it into uh, everybody. This into a podcast. This is about. This is a wonderful swap cast that we've really in, enjoyed doing with our friends. Are there other names they call it? Swap cast. What else? Doug Stanhope invented the swap cast, so okay. we pay homage. I just love the name because it's perfect, and people know it. what they're getting into, and it's it's kind of fun for like you know. Ryan always says it allows the tribes to. The meet each other yeah. and like get the other thing, and I really enjoyed. So this is Swapcast between Pirate Life and Tinfoil Hat, and uh, we're really excited. Now, I was in uh, Reno. W what we want to talk about today is the Current Las event. Vegas shooting, the Route 99 shooting. Now, 91, 91. Festival. Excuse me, the Route 91, 91 festival, on 10 the one, Harvest Festival, which is 9 11 2001. We're getting all that, dude. We're gonna get it out now, Ryan. You kind of wanted to say something up front about... I mean, whenever you talk about a tragedy, and it's been, you know, now only two and a half weeks. Which, in a weird thing, in in media, it, may, it seems like in eons ago, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, that might it? have happened last year. You know? It's just like, it's so weird how everything moves so quickly. But go on, Ryan. Yeah, we're not saying this was a hoax. We're, we are called Tinfoil Hat, but we definitely know that this was a shooting. People were actually shot, wounded, and killed. And our prayers go out to the families for this horrific tragedy. I mean, it is what it is, but not to talk about it in a timely manner, to just allow the official narrative to be the one and only narrative, I think that's a mistake in itself, too. So we, we're just out here talking we just about put that questions. Out. Right quickly, it's just like we're not here to disrespect anybody. Someone gave me a lot of flack last night on the Santa Rosa stuff where I was talking about how unusual the houses looked after, and I, this guy just laid into me. And, I, and, I, and you know, my whole f feeling on this when we have discussions of this is, like, I don't understand why questioning the official narrative is seen as disrespectful. And I don't know why people feel that the official narrative is should stay the narrative. If, if you knew, so, let's say, you know, Tate, uh, you have a, a bowl of Cheerios right there, right? I'm gluten-free, bro. Okay, gluten-free Cheerios. Oh. And you come in, and there is a giant shit in your fucking cereal, right? And all of a sudden, you call in security. Security's like, oh, yeah, we do. We think it was uh, Abdul from, 2000, uh, from apartment 221. Why is that the, the, uh, the respectful narrative? 
when Ryan's like, nah, dude, I saw Sam leave here looking shady as shit. More likely. And I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah, he took a priors. dump around here. And they're like, well, we don't know. The cameras weren't working. And then this whole series comes out. Why is why is the what the people wearing the suits telling you the official narrative a more respectful narrative? When if I found out if I had Cheerios or somebody I love died, right? I would want to know who really did it, not what I'm being told. And I just accept that. I think there's a lot of social things that happen. And I think that one of the things is, is even, I don't know, if, I mean, for sure you guys have had somebody kill themselves near you or, or some, some horrible thing happen, one of your buddies get murdered, something. And to talk to the family, to talk to like a sister or mother of somebody like that, you're, you're walking on eggshells when you do it because it's, uh, even though it's the facts, it's what's happened, man, it's such a raw wound that any talking about it, even if it's factual, that, I mean, that's where we talk about doctors with bedside manners. It's like, and, and a lot of times the news and the populace and for sure the internet uh, doesn't have very good manners and, it, and it's not very respectful of those right. things. So I think that, right. and then there's a lot of people that want to, uh, you know, kind of virtue signal one way or another about it and go, well, you can't even speak about that. And like, it's a scary thing to not speak about it. I think we need to speak about it kindly and 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 with uh, a certain amount of um uh, objectivity and and we have to leave an open question mark to all of it but we we want answers i mean that's why we have religions that's why we have everything else we don't want a mystery we want to answer we, want we don't want to watch a magic show we want to watch behind the scenes how does he do that shit you know and so i, I think that, that that becomes a big aspect of this and <clears throat> so it's tough to talk about these things with their right amount of of levelness but i think the scary aspect is is not talking about them and that's right now what we're seeing i think with our current government i saw that uh the honorable uh president trump wanted to curtail nbc's um right to broadcast and uh, because he was uh upset with something that had happened on the news uh the way he was portrayed or something and, and, and this abridgment of our media, you know, the media, when we have the presidential and the congressional and the uh, legislative branches of the, of the country, there, there's one that's really left out, and that's a free press. And the free press has always been, since George Washington's time, the leveling guide that brought uh, unbiased information. Now, of course, our press is bought in, in most oh, cases. Oh, yeah, and that was done by the Clintons but, but, when they but, deregulated the media. But right now... I mean, this push for everything being like not everything is fake and you can't control the media. But the last people that tried to control the media that that was in World War Two. And um, and so, you know, you look you look at that stuff. And so I think that you need to talk about it. And also with this, that that's one aspect. The other is, is that, man, I, I get shit on my phone. I mean, that I sent you about these guys that are right there. It's like. I have as much information as is Dan Rather or something anymore in this world, the way Twitter and the way social media interacts with each other. You've got people that are on the ground. Well, fuck, man, they don't know whoever's running shit at CNN, but they'll tweet Joe Rogan or they'll. And and like so there's a dude that was underneath the shooter that was uh, on my DMs that has pictures of the mattress and the curtains hanging out the window. He's in the suite below the guy. Holy shit. They, they called the police on him. Or the police, he called the security of the hotel. The shooter called the security of the hotel on my friend three different times that night for party and the night before. Oh, and, my and, God. And he sent me a news clip of that, right, about the shooter. Apparently, he'd called Mandalay Bay security uh, because the room was loud underneath him. And so the dude that was loud underneath him, he's DMing me all this shit. He's showing me where he was in the concert. He's showing me the jet fuel tanks that have uh, bullet holes 
um, not holes, but like there's a uh, impact marks. The bullets couldn't go through the tanks, but he says those were the real marks. They wanted to blow up the airport. They're going to create havoc here. They had like, he, he was like, they have like three different sites, I think. And so, and that's his speculation. But what he did know is that when he was on the ground, he said the police were running around and they said there's active shooters in the, on the ground. And then they're talking about another sniper from another position and that's just the stuff he's hearing on the radio. So that's just, I mean, and that's in mania, adrenalized, everything else. Who knows the efficacy of what that is? And I don't know the truth of it. Um, but there's a lot of questions to be had. And then he said there was a woman that was running around 40 minutes before the shooting started. But did he hear that? He saw her. He saw and her. And he saw her. He was at the front of the stage. And he says, and they scooped her up and they took her away. And and he goes and that and that happened too. And he says another weird. Oh, thing. so he he saw the woman that was running around because we didn't finish that thought. He saw the woman running around going, "You're all about you're, to, you're all about to die. You're all about they're to gonna die. kill you all. You're all about to die." So that's real. That's real. He heard that and saw it. And then he said that the weird weird thing is that as soon he says at first I thought it was like bottle rock. You know, you, you think it's a celebration. You're at a concert. And he said, and then. Um, he said after the gunshots really started going off and we were, we were under fire, they hit the lights. And so we were all lighted up. And so it was like really fish in a bowl. It's a 400-yard uh, descending shot into you know, thousands of people, and the lights are on, and it's dark out. And so it's like, it's like he, he, what he kind of created was mayhem in my mind. I just thought how like, fantastically disturbing and terrifying that so let's get into all this yeah, man anyway. let's start from the beginning here i want to start from the um, official story yeah why don't you give us the official story ryan and we'll go from there and then we'll we'll kind of take each we'll peel this down like an onion and, and if you guys are listening to this too you can find sam tripoli at sam tripoli on his instagram ryan i don't know where they can find you uh, tinfoil hat pod is on instagram oh yeah do you have any dates or anything you want people like you do you doing any seminars anywhere i'm not man uh i i uh my my whole dates are are filled with harrison right now and i'm hoping to get on some shitty little open mic somewhere and get a comedy set together with you. But there, that's really my next focus this year is I want to be able to be comfortable on stage. I'm going to get you fucking good fast. Dude. Yeah, baby. And Ryan, I'm sorry I cut you off. Right so anyway, there. I just wanted to say that to everybody listening, man, because I know we're, we're, this will be confusing, but uh, um, that's where you can find everybody else and kind of learn more about them. Uh, this will come out the next tomorrow. Uh, I have a show at the Dojo at the Sycamore Tavern. It's called the Ranta Tours, and we have Mike Tully, uh, Mike Catherwood from Love Lines, um, Theo, Theo Vaughn, Ian Edwards, Ryan Sickler. Which have you done? Have you done uh, the Crab Feast? No. We'll get you on that. You'll love that. You should do Crab Feast as well. And then is that uh, the one at Hooters or? No, that's a, that's a podcast. That's a, oh, okay, cool. And it's a really great podcast. And uh, Tony Hinchcliffe, you can grab... We are the first show in Los Angeles ever sold on the app Laughable. You go on there. If you buy your tickets on Laughable, it's only $10. It is $15 at the door. Straight cash, homie. And then January 24th, I am at... I'm doing Comedy Chaos in the main room. We have Felipe Esparza, Bert Kreischer... Um, who else do we have? Ari Shafir and Sean Kerrigan from uh, Netflix. It's going to be an amazing show. So come on out. Hopefully, we'll add a couple big names. Where's the Ranka Tours? The Ranta Tours. Ranta Tours. That's going to be at the Sycamore Tavern on uh, 
Sunset. It's uh, upstairs. It's I call the room the dojo. Cool, man. Yeah, you I'll get you on that. We're gonna ahead. we're gonna start doing that more and more. It's like the In and Out near uh, on Sunset. Okay, Caddy Corner. And uh, yeah, and a bunch of stuff. We're on all the internet. Uh, all the uh, we can go to Twitter, Tinfoil Hat Cast. Uh, Instagram, Tinfoil Hat Pod. Uh, we're on Reddit. Go to reddit.com backslash r backslash um, Tinfoil Hat Show. And we got some great new shirts on our, our uh, shirt place, allcomedytshirts.com. We have the Question Everything shirt, which is my favorite shirt we've done so far, plus some fan art t-shirts. So go check that out. Tinfoil Hat at all things, allcomedytshirts.com. Cool. Business is done. Cool. So let's get into this whole yeah. thing. The official narrative real quick. Yeah, so the official narrative is that one Stephen Paddock, officially retired, 64-year-old accountant, absolutely no firearms training. He uh, opened up the windows of his suite and then proceeded to discharge weapons. 501 were wounded. Um, since then, 45 still remain in the hospital, and he killed 59. Good God. So, I mean, and this is the biggest shooting that's ever happened. Uh, Paddock started spraying 200 rounds from his suite into the hallway at the Mandalay Bay at 9.59 on October 1st. Remember that. Yep. In, uh, into the hallway. Yes. We'll wounded, get, we'll, uh, get through this, then we'll guard. break okay. this whole thing okay. down, yeah. dude. Six minutes later, the gunman unleashed a barrage of bullets into the festival crowd, according to the police timeline. He then killed himself with a gunshot to the head. The police didn't arrive until on the 32nd floor where he was staying until 1017. That was two minutes after he had stopped shooting. That was it. So let's get into... Give me that timeline one more time. So at quarter to 10, 944, he's in the hallway? 959, he starts shooting into the hallway. He wounds an unarmed security guard. He gets shot in his leg. He's shot. First off, there's a volley of rounds, and he's already hit. 200 rounds, and the guy one gets bullet hit hits one him. Time. Okay. Now, just remember this, because it becomes very interesting, because... They're painting two different people, in my opinion. Okay. And so, then, and then, and then, at what time did the uh, did the firing from Mandalay Bay stop? They said it stopped at um, exactly at ten. Uh, he started shooting at ten o five, and it stopped at ten twelve or ten fifteen. Yeah. 10 so here's what they say, and they say this: it happened. He shot between nine and eleven minutes. Right. Nine. And 11. Yeah. That's, that's what they say all the time. Why does 9-11 come up on every goddamn thing that is there? I mean, that's a, it's a trip. Uh, well, here's the whole thing we want. We're, you know, we're, we've been in the spiritual skepticism world for a little time now. It's really broadened my views. And one thing we've learned about these and these false flags, and we'll get into more false flag stuff, is that now false flag is Explain much what different a false than a hoax. So uh, false flag uh, comes from... From a, it's an old naval term, and in order to get things accomplished, you would put up the flag of another ship, another country on your flag, and you would attack your you own would, boat. You'd put up your flag onto a boat, and then you would attack it, and it causes everyone to basically sympathize with you, and then you can go ahead and Of move course, forward. I could retaliate because I was attacked. Yes, yeah, right, that's what most that's like Cuba when, when uh, the Northwoods report when they were going to— they were going to fly all the students to Cuba, and then they were going to shoot them down so that we could get public opinion to go. But here's the, the most band. interesting part of that whole thing. Mm -hmm. The whole plan was this. Publicize this flight to Cuba. Tell everybody these kids are on this flight. Land the flight. Send 
record everybody saying all this like, okay, we're there. We're about 30 miles outside of Cuba. You know, put that all out. Record that. Send a, 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 an unmanned plane into the, into the sky and shoot it down. Now, that got foiled because JFK wouldn't sign it. Mm-hmm. That sounds eerily similar to what people think happened on 9-11 and that these people took off. They landed the plane. That's where they made all the calls of let's roll, let's roll. Because at that time, the technology was impossible to make calls from that high in the sky. They didn't have internet. Now you with internet, you can make calls from the plane. You couldn't do that back then. It was impossible to talk to anybody that high in the sky. Land the plane, send another plane up. This probably is most likely packed with more explosive. Fly it right into a plane in which you bring this up all the time that pilots don't think it's almost impossible to do what they did, right? Yeah, it's an angle. The angle is very hard. I mean, it goes even further back. Um, not, they say that World War II, we had knowledge that they were going to bomb Pearl Harbor. But even further than that, the sinking of the Lusitania, which was a ship that was going from New York over to Great Britain, they said that, you know, we're going straight through German U-boat territory. I mean, they put it right through. So once the Lusitania sinks, we move on in. We never go into wars or into conflicts unless we've been slapped in the face first. It's like that big buff guy at the bar that says, do something. And until you get right. hit, you, you're not... It's a famous Bill Hicks leash. joke. Yeah. It's a famous Bill Hicks joke. What's the Pick joke? it up. Pick it up. What was it, Shane, where the guy's like telling the little farmer guy, pick up the gun. He's like, hey, mister, I, got, I don't want no problem. Pick up the gun. I mean, I don't want to, yeah, if I pick up the gun, you're going to shoot me. It's, like, it's a classic cowboy western type. Pick up the yeah. gun. And then he picks up the gun and they shoot him, right? So that's what we do at the Gulf of Tonka to get us into okay. Vietnam. So that, and you say different than a hoax. Um, I just wanted to get some terms out for listeners. A hoax is that nobody died. Okay. And that they faked that people died. Like going to the moon. Like possibly going to the moon. Some people, and this is very black belt stuff, deep into it, Sandy Hook. Some people think that, that nobody actually died there. I heard that. I heard a lot of people are mad either. I, I just, yeah, I've never, I've never gotten distracted by the rabbit holes to look that, but I, I hear that stuff. So I'm kind of a, uh, I'm a real amateur as far as this goes, but this stuff is like, this is deeply fascinating to me. And, and also, I, again, with no disrespect, it's like, there, there's just not any, it's just like, there's goddamn questions, man. And, and I think it's important that we all ask questions and we all help each other because we got to find solutions in this. 100%. Now I want to start this off by talking about the fact that the owner of the MGM on September 7th sold 259,000 shares of the MGM resort casino. He sold it at a price of 34 dollars and 19 cents a stock for a total translation of boom eight million eight hundred eighty one thousand dollars this was on september 7th there's also some other people who enjoy, who work high up with the executives and what sold date was the stock. shooting what what date was the shooting <clears throat> october 1st so they sold this uh three weeks before this event okay uh on September 10th, which is three days after that he sells his stock, on um, 4chan, which is often called the uh, human the, the shit stain of the internet. It's been now you'd, you'd sent me a screenshot from that, and I'd never heard of that until then. 4chan, yeah, it's it's is that like Reddit? Because I don't fuck with Reddit either. It's I mean, even crazier than Reddit, but I love Reddit. I get all my news from Reddit. I, mean, I did a thing on there once, like a 
AMA. Yeah, or ask like me that. anything. And it was it was cool, but like man, you you gotta you gotta spend so much time on the internet to be on the internet and all the different shit. Like fuck, man. Yeah. Anyway, four chan. Four chan puts out. They, this. they get a bad. They get a bad rap. They do. I mean, there's also a lot of craziness in there. Within any group Everything. of anything, okay. there's bad apps. So it's like a free sourcing message board with every crazy person and genius and everybody. Yeah, okay, you have got to apply it. common sense and there's, from life experience. And there's a dude that was hanging out on there. There's a guy. His uh, is They call him Vegas Anonymous. His actual uh, handle is L-A-B-N-F-T-N-F-E-T-T-V. Okay. And he puts this out on, um, uh, he put this out on, um, September 10th. Okay. Have they, have they, uh, dropped any of those yet? Are, are those, I mean, do they erase that stuff the way Facebook erased and, and edits their pages? If you put anything too sensitive up? Uh, yeah. I mean, you're seeing, I think you're seeing a lot of that. Like on Reddit, they don't, what they do, they don't do, uh, they don't get rid of it. They, they basically do something called they downvote it. So it's very hard to get any traction going without upvotes. The more upvotes you get, the more high profile your, your thing gets. Okay. Right. So if you get downvoted, you get the zero, you get no traction and you get buried. And that's what they do. They downvote a lot of stuff, you know, it's like, and you see that a lot on the internet, like with uh, Hillary Clinton's new book, uh, they raced all the one star reviews. Oh, wow. If you got a one star review, you would get no, um, I would think that the people that were good enough at doing that and the one-star reviews and everything would keep it from idiots like me knowing that they've erased that. It's like they have the they have the capacity to do that, but not to keep a dummy from knowing it. Like that seems weird. Well, the whole thing. Well, what was very interesting is this this a couple things I looked on my inner Instagram involving this mysteriously disappeared. And then yeah, you'd said that I've had personal friends that say stuff off my stuff gets like deleted, and that's shocking to me. Well, because I know the stuff that they put up and it's not like incendiary. It's not, you know, racism. It's not like a lot of the things that you would think, yeah, they should take that. Down. They say it causes division. And like now you're going, you know, what you said earlier before about the freedom of press and information. What we're actually seeing, though, is from the powers that be Google, uh, YouTube and all them. They're actually silencing what isn't necessarily the press, but more the free flow of information. Right. And we see a lot. So this guy in uh, Anonymous puts out this. Uh, I feel bad for some of you on this website, so I'll let you in a little secret. If you live in Vegas or Henderson, stay inside tomorrow, which is 9-11, he's saying. Don't go anywhere where there's large groups of people. Also, if you see three vans blocking, uh, three black vans parked next to each other, immediately leave the area, you're welcome. And he goes into it, and he does a little stuff. Now, he says it's going to happen on September 11th. What happens on 10-1, and you brought this up earlier, Route 91, if you put those together, 91-10-01, that becomes 9-11-01. So there's a possibility this guy saw something was going on and didn't, he read it as a date instead of just like a, right. uh, um, uh, um, so like if there was actually a group planning this, they had code name 9-11-01, and that meant. He took it as the date. But this guy just, he wasn't that deep into the group. And so he'd heard about the event happening and he assumed it was that date, not this event the next month. Right. So, and then, then this crazy shit happened. He later on talks about how Sheldon 
what's his name? Sheldon. Uh, I want to say Anderson, but I, I think it would be. I think that might be wrong. No, it's the the really rich guys. Yeah, what's his name? Sheldon something. Do you know his name? Brian. It's Sheldon something. He owns a bunch of casinos out there. That he would be. Oh, Sheldon Adelson. A D E L S O N. That he's going to be part of a group that pushes for um, body scanners and metal detectors in casinos with this dude named uh, Chertioff, C-H-E-R-T-O-F-F. Now, you know that guy's name because he used to be Homeland Security. And right around while he was the head of the Homeland Security, the underwear, the shoe bomber comes in. After the shoe bomber comes in, right, he tells everybody, we got to get body scanners in our airports. Well, isn't it interesting? Guess who owns a big part of the company that creates and builds and sells body scanners? That same dude. Same thing that they did in the airports with TSA. They put the guy in. No, that's the dude. That what that that that's the, that's yeah. the yeah that's the that's the machine that they put in. He's like, I got no use for this. They're like, you're the head of the TSA. Put them in all the airports, and yep. now we're now we're. And they notice that they always have four of them when they only use one or two because he makes you buy four. Of well, them. now they're not getting them out at all. They're they're just. I mean, not now they're just removing them because. They know. I mean, we're in a beta test for everything, right? When we Google in 50 years uh, damage from cell phones to your to your biological organism, we're going to have a horrific picture setting that yeah. comes up on the Internet then or whatever we're using to interface with. But, like, we're in a beta test for everything. It's like lead point, asbestos, like all that shit. It just had long enough time, but it's like plastic bottles where, where you have, like, phthalates and you're, you're going to go ahead and have a, a disorder that – that causes your boys in utero to grow vaginas. Yeah. Like we have all kinds of estrogenation happening. So we're in a beta test for, for all of this shit. And those machines, for sure. That's a whole nother level. I love it when the people at TSA, they're like, no, dude, we've done a lot of tests on them and it's completely... I'm like, bro, you should be flipping burgers somewhere. Yeah. You're not telling me science. I don't, I don't know. And I know I'm no more than you do. Let's give C-plus students oh. tons of fucking power. Anyways, Let's do that. So anyway, the machine, there's so, so there's so fuckery there pushing. that they're saying that they're... The guys that are saying that this was a job that had commerce attached to it are saying that these big wigs that can kind of push the needle one way or another are going to push to have body scanners in all the malls, schools, hotels, anywhere where there's already big groups of people that they can kind of push through this deal. This guy says the whole point of this whole thing is that they want to show people that no matter how much security is there, you're not safe enough and you need more security. Well, I'd like to talk about gun rights. We can get into that. I mean, there, I just want to break down a couple of things that don't sure, make go sense ahead. about please, this. Please. And then uh, we can get into that. Ryan, thoughts, anything? Well, how do you guys feel now after this? Like, I know you're a human Viking and Sam, you're an Armenian Shaolin ninja. Like, I yeah. know you guys aren't afraid of crowds. Shaolin but for like, life. Do you think anything different about now going to a big festival? Does this make you think, like, do I really want to pay that ticket? I went to a couple of good shows in, in Santa Fe at the Santa Fe Opera and uh, um, like rock and roll music shows. And it's like anytime you're with a group of people, but I'm like that anyway. Since I've been a little kid, man, I go to Metallica and I'm like, I, my head's on a swivel kind of because I think because I grew up a criminal maybe too and in a lot of ways it's like I'm always looking for cops or adversaries like I'm 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 just I'm, my awareness it's not like I got sober and I got aware it's like my awareness was <laughs> reptilian 
uh, from adolescent until my early 20s, you know, for sure. Like I trained myself that way and always be aware. So I'm, I'm always thinking of those things. But I, I'd, I'd often thought before this tragedy happened and going back to like the comedy store where the guy, a guy walked up on the patio of the comedy store, which is completely open to the sidewalk. It's basically separated by a four foot wall between the sidewalk on sunset and this open patio area. And a fellow walked up and shot a dude a couple times in the chest, I believe, and then walked off and unfound, unsolved murder, whatever. Um, now, for sure, that guy earned that in one way or another. Nobody goes out and positions themselves to do that to somebody unless there's something at stake that you, whatever. There's a whole other thing there, and I don't know what that is. But I thought, had I been there, because I've got a concealed weapons uh, carry permit, and I'm pretty uh, adept at taking care of myself, and I think that would I, what event would I pull a weapon in? Because my idea is, unless you don't know I have a gun until there's bullets inside you. Like, I don't, I'm not going to, it's not for brandish. There's no reason that anybody should ever know that you're armed. However, at what point do I do that? And even a knife. If if, if you come at me with a knife, do I pull my knife? And now we're going to have a knife? No, man, I want to have both hands. Like, there's, I have no problem disarming you. Like, and I, and I want to be able to keep you safe. And I think the least safe thing to do is to pull a knife on you also. And I think also, if you pull a knife, do I pull a gun? I don't, I don't think so, really. I don't think that's the best way because now I have to put you down. Yeah. Like, and, that, and that's what's happening. If I come around a corner and a dude is robbing the liquor store that I'm in, do I pull a gun and tell him to stop? Well, no, he still has the gun. I'm going to grab him. I'm going to isolate that weapon. I'm going to choke him to sleep. It's like there's never a situation that comes up. And so, like, and, I, and I'm a gun guy. I, I mean, I have a bunch of – I love all that. Except if I'm on a field and it's 400 yards away from a perch, what's my fucking 38 going to do? What am I going to do with my nine millimeter? It's like there's zero help that anybody armed in that position is going to be helpful with. So what is your what is your take on disarming the population? I don't think that that's I think that what I think we I think we pause when agitated or doubtful. I think that's a great spiritual axiom. That's great advice. I agree with that. And I feel like just because something happened doesn't mean you have to react to it. And I think the news and powers that be push you to act towards their agenda, not towards a solution. And so when everybody uses this as an agenda fueling device, I get really uncomfortable with that. And I feel like if we're going to talk about solutions, we need to rest and we need to breathe because you don't make laws based upon the anomaly. I don't make a law based upon the one occurrence that might happen or whatever that is one in a million. I don't make a law about that. That's just a thing that occurs now and then. Every now and then there's a bad apple. Every now and then there's a crazy person. Every now and then there's X, Y, or Z, but it doesn't mean that I have a, you know, I mean, to think that the, the 9-11, what, what are the papers they did after the Patriot Act? That, that didn't do anything except a bridge rights. It sure didn't keep anybody safer. If anybody thinks that TSA kept anybody safer, you guys are listening to the wrong podcast. I mean, it's like, yeah. just look at the health and condition of most TSA agents and you go, they're probably not really top notch on being aware and keeping me safe. It's like they haven't, you know, that, like, and it's because people are flying planes into things that's not something that that's not a common thing that we we're like we need to stop this you know what i mean there's more there's more shark attacks you know what i mean well yeah. here's my whole opinion so on that dude is like i often say man there are questions about certain things going on there's questions about 9-11 there's questions about uh aurora there's questions about sandy hook there's questions about the pulse nightclub aurora colorado yeah yeah there's questions about San Bernardino, and I watched that shit happen in real time, and where they 
where the official so I always told Ryan you watched this. it in real time. You were there? No, I was it was on the news. Live feed. When it just happened, right. it went live and I was listening to it and when they were interviewing everybody, all the witnesses said three white guys in black army fatigue and that caught my eye. That caught my ear. Walked in and started shooting everybody up. And the reason that caught my ear is because if you go back to the Boston bombings, they talk about there's a bunch of dudes in black army fatigue all over that place. And you could see pictures of them and how the, it's like some shady ass shit went down with that. And there's always this connection. And we saw with uh, with um, with uh, with uh, the Boston bombing, the people, the patsies, the, the 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 guys they finger to be the dudes always have weird CIA connections, always have weird FBI connections. Really? Those guys, those two brothers were deep into some CIA program back in Uzbekistan or wherever really? they're from. This guy, Paddock, right, used to fu- used to work at Lo- the IRS, then worked at Lockheed Martin, which is one of the most evil companies on the planet. They're one of the six or seven companies that run the military-industrial complex. They make our war. God, uh, they their make- private room conversations have got to be amazing. You know? You know, at that, the, the, like, not the guys running it, because they probably don't know, but there's another secret room that the guys really running it are in. Oh, yeah, the deep, deep state motherfuckers, wow. right? So um, there's always this connect. This guy, Paddock, Owned a owned a a plane that was registered to the FBI. He he owned that plane. So there's this. Did you watch American Made yet? No. With Tom Cruise? No. You gotta go watch that. It's a part of Americana that is like standardized history of like what it was. Goes into the Iran Contra deal. Goes into how you know like we 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 do this. We we plant these seeds. We Maybe, create the and, boogeyman. And, and not in this not in this scenario. I'm not saying that, but I'm like. We have historical analysis of like not too long ago where we do the shadiest shit ever where at the time when it came out, if you go, this is the shadiest shit ever, everybody in the country would in unison go, no, it was the cartel. It was the Sandinistas. It was like you would say almost anything else other than this was orchestrated by the president of the United States and the CIA to go down exactly like this. And then these guys are the built in fall guys, too. Yep. That's what really happens. And you see that happen in all these places. And that's what I, 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 dude, I don't know about you guys. How soon did you re- think something was up? And then when I tell you I believed immediately, I'm not, as soon as I saw that on television, I go, something's on here. And you know how I knew that? Because, and, and Tate, you've done a lot of television, a lot of movie stuff, makeup time. They had a, they had a spook in there, in that studio, in that either NBC or CNN. They had him there 30 minutes after this thing went down, God. full suit, makeup, ready to talk. He didn't even run into the suit going, oh, I'm here, I'm sorry, I, I was just working out. I can't even imagine me. just the thing about like how many orders and phone calls and verifications and meetings go down before you pick the guy that's going to go in there and you brief him and tell him what he can and cannot speak on. It's like, that's a, is that a day of, of work? Like that's a half a day anyway. That's hours of fucking work. That's that's incredible to me. I guess I I didn't know right away, but I go well. Uh, just like everybody, we don't know what's happening. Right? They're pulling out more and more information, but this doesn't make any sense if there's no to me if there's no manifesto in there. I, I mean, I love how thorough the Unabomber was. It's like he has a treatise that's. Do you know he's MK Ultra? That's. Excuse me. 
He was MK Ultra, meaning he was in a government program at one point. I had no idea. He was yeah. involved in the Harvard LSD. I thought uh, MK experience. Ultra was like a DJ or something from like a rave no. part. I had no idea. I'm like, I'm just out of the scene. Nope. It, it's it's psych MK Ultra. Psych It's like what Wolverine was in up in Canada. Yeah. It's based in, it's like a CIA attempt to use uh, LSD and other mind controlled substances to create like a super soldier or a Manchurian candidate. It's like, a legitimate they burned all the files in the nixon times but it's it's evidence it's it existed it's not a conspiracy wow man MK Ultra was do you know what they used to the do CIA. huh they used to do when they had guys that they thought were maybe double agents in the cia they'd dose them they would they would somehow and they realized they had like sex they would get them into these horse these these houses of prostitution in san francisco and as they walked in they doused them with acid that one's called uh, Midnight Climax. That was Operation Midnight Climax in uh, San Francisco. Where can I sign up to get in that program? Yeah. The, the, you that, that, one in, that one in particular. Yeah. yeah. It's always amazing, dude. Wow. So we Who have wants this to hit- fuck on acid? You might, might want to cuddle, but like, you really want to like... Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I got other things happening in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, the last thing I want to do. So what's very interesting about this is um, also when a lot of false flags happen... There is something called a drill. There's a government drill going on 9-11. That happens like two or three days before. We saw it at 9-11. We saw it at the Boston bombing. It also was at Manchester. It was at Manchester, dude. It was was at, um, where else was there? I think it was San Bernardino. They also had a drill. And they had a drill here in Las Vegas. Someone took a picture of the post. There's going to be a drill for an active shooter that was going on, and that happened in Vegas. And the reason they think they do a lot of that stuff is they do the, the drills because that's where they get the clear picture, high-res shots of everything going on. Have you ever noticed that somebody's filming and, like, everybody's running by, but the camera guy's just sitting there, huh. not moving, not running? That's where they say they get all those shots from. That's where they get the drill shots, the nice shots, up early that they can start putting out real quick. And that is here. This is prevalent at this this event is that there was a drill going on at some of the casinos. It's phenomenal when you think about the arc of it and you think that the first time I started looking at them connected because you look at school shooters. Those are like disgruntled kids that are on uh, pharmacology medicine of some kind. And they and, will never and, talk and about. And that. they're all young white kids, you know, all of them. And, and so and then the, the one thing that did stick out to me about this why didn't they, why were they reticent to call it a terrorist attack? Because it's clearly a terrorist attack, uh, unless we're going to talk about some weird definition of terrorism has to have to do with Muslims. Because what what has happened since San Bernardino and maybe before, but I've noticed a push a tone of people trying to conflate um, Islamic religion with terrorism. I mean, because you thought right there I was going to say Islamic terrorist because it's so common now in the news to hear Islamic terrorist, Islamic terrorist. So that you think, as an average American, that Islam is terrorism. And like, there's a lot of people that would argue with me right now. They're going, yeah, it is, Tate. That's cr-. And it's like, that's a religion. It's not, and, and I don't know much about anything. But I know that like, that's a separate fucking thing. And so that's a call for people to be racist and xenophobic against, against Muslims. And, and then what happened at San Bernardino, I was like, man, like an like a old folks home of mentally... Uh, uh, deficient people of some kind why, why them uh, that's weird and then it didn't crystallize until when i saw that thing at the nightclub in florida and i thought 
the gays? Why the gays? And I was like, oh, the most innocent and helpless of us. Like we have these people that need to be in an adult care facility. And then we got some guys that are just nice guys that are just out there partying and having a good time minding their business. Why those groups? What do they have in common? Well, if they can get people anywhere, then we need to be worried everywhere. That's and the whole it, and point. It, and, it, and it really felt like that at that time to me. And this is just supposition in my reptilian brain as like a, a, a street urchin type of going through and going, oh, this is how this scenario is read. Because I think that people that are in chaos a lot can read scenarios and go, okay, where's the butter, man? Who's getting paid here? What's this for? What's the end game? And that's the first time I started putting that together and sort of think of all these events as a concerted effort or at least to the if they're not, they dovetail real nicely. <laughs> well, dude, yeah. the true. The, oh, go on, go on. So I was on the phone with Sam. Sam called me right when it was happening, and uh, I the first question I was like, "It was a musical event. What kind of music?" He's like, "I don't know." Because if they were to say hip hop, I'd be like, "Oh, it was some hip hop shit." You know, that's gangster rap. When he said country, I was like, "Yeah, look for look for get on with Oli Demigard." And for those that aren't initiated, Oli Demigard is basically the best of false flag information he's from sweden i believe originally oh yeah and he's like look at when something happens you're gonna see the narrative change in real time and that's what we've seen and it's been only three weeks now and we've seen the narrative change every day you but this was their sloppiest by far and the it because it was so big because that's what they have to do now to get a re to resonate with people is it has to go bigger and bigger and bigger and, and back to something you were talking about is uh it, who's a benefit k bono it's a great video on um on inst uh, on youtube man it's like who benefits from this follow the fucking money and what we found is you you know you're bringing up terrorism and all this shit here finish your thoughts sorry dude did i no go for it um if when you think about uh, uh, what is the what is the military-industrial complex? It is about war. It's not about defense. It is about war, initiating war. You have to create a bad guy, all right? And who better? To, what's about? All the natural resources. You know, oil in the Middle East. Now you have Trump talk about Venezuela. What Venezuela do to us? Oh, they want to get off the dollar, and they want to sell their oil because they have more oil than anybody else on the planet. They want to sell it in, in gold, and that's a big no-no for the deep state, the U.S. economy, and a bunch of other people, okay? So you follow these. You got to demonize people. So what do we find out that nobody talks about ever is that the CIA was busted giving a British PR company half a billion dollars to make fake ISIS beheading videos to put out, okay? Some of the ISIS Twitter feeds, they were linked back to a British government office. Now we know that that's true. How do we know? How do people that are spooks that are at the top levels of espionage and you know sleight of hand? How did some idiots like us get privy to that? Well, because there's things called hackers, WikiLeaks, and people who work at these places come out. You know, a guy who worked at that PR agency came out and told everybody that's what happened. Wow. Okay, uh, with this guy who shot up. Okay, so we shoot up the Pulse nightclub, right? Do you know that another attack was supposed to happen? It was supposed to happen here at the, the West Hollywood Gay Pride Parade. But a dude got pulled over with guns. Right, yep, that was right. I remember well, that. And through interrogation, it found out that he got those guns through who? FBI. 
The FBI gave him guns, and they fucking told him, defend Islam. They are, these gays are being disrespectful to Islam, is against Allah, and it's disrespectful. Go defend your religion. They actually pushed it. This new bombing that, ju- a bombing that happened in, in uh, Texas on a base, uh, they just found out that the guy who did all that got all of his weapons from the FBI. Now that brings us back to Paddock, okay? Uh, my honest opinion is this guy was a gun runner for the government. He already worked at Lockheed Martin. Well, that's what the guys are saying, right? They're saying that this was an arms deal that was gone bad. He was supposed to sell to ISIS. I think he he got set up. And the reason I think he got set up is because the job you have, dog, you're not supposed to show up on anybody's radar. They actually busted a dude, I think it was in the Valley or Riverside, who had way more guns than this guy did. Way more. Didn't have a they didn't know his real name. Didn't have a social security number. Didn't show up anything. He was a ghost, dude. And they had busted him. He had just recently died. And they had busted him. They went to his place. Nothing but arms everywhere, dude. So what, what, do, you, what do you think that, um, that that is? That I mean, my, my questions are more rudimentary than uh, the, the speculation kind, kind of thing. Because, like, I don't know the FBI gave him guns. I mean, how do we know that? Did he go to the FBI store and there's pictures of him at the FBI store that they sell guns? No, you're never you know, going to see that. We, we, we just don't know. We can't, like, that's not, that's, to me, I'm like, Meh, maybe. You know what I mean? But, like, what I do know is that barrels melt. And like he probably put at least a, I'm going to say at least a thousand rounds downrange, um, because to affect 500 people for sure, what he's shooting is going through people. So he's maybe hitting two or three people with one round, but he's probably he's missing a bunch too. And then he's also shooting at the airport. He's shooting way up. So at least a thousand rounds in seven minutes. Who we man? That's a hot barrel. And I'm wondering. We don't even know what kind of guns are up there. We don't know if there's a treatise up there. Nobody does something like that without wanting to be seen or heard or something. So like, there's a reason. There's not not a reason. And you can't just say craziness. That's the most diminishing thing ever. That's not that's not a fucking answer. Well, there's a couple things. First of all, the guy's last name is Paddock, which means it's like a holding for like basically like animals. It's where you put a holding pin. Before. It's holding pin for livestock. Okay. And, and that's not his real last he name. He moved 23 times in his life. I know you guys live. What about his brother? Is his brother's name Paddock too? Yep. So that they named the family at birth to kill the guys on uh, October. Well, I mean, point, you know what no, I mean? That's it's not like really his last name. His last name, I think, is really Ham. Okay. Like, I looked that up. It's like he has a last name that starts with H. That's his real last name. Okay. But. Anyway. But his brother. Now, here's a very interesting thing about his brother. Okay. Now, you brought this up. You're like, oh, you know, the 9-11, all this stuff. You're like, why does it do that? Well, through Ollie. Go off and tell a little more about what Ollie says about uh, signals and clues. So this guy, Ollie Demigard, he's been following false flags and all those different type of terror events that happens. And he believes that in each event, they leave a signal or a clue to the next one coming as wow. a way for, quote unquote, the elites or whoever is pulling these strings to rid themselves of karma. Their so, whole thing is that if, if you don't catch them, it's on you. They have to deal with this karmically through karma because they, you know, they don't want to they, they destroy their soul. Did you just make up karmically? Yes, I did. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, get it, Urban Dictionary. So it's not only that they uh, they're leaving clues to the next one. They also want to let the the powers that be know this was our we did this. So there's calling cards that 
are very strange with these false flag events. And one of them that he's pointed out, and this is when we go into the realm. This is great. We're tinfoil hat. Yes, we understand that name means something. We're trying to be like NWA. We're trying to take the name back. back. So me and Sam together, we create something that is questioning everything, but we're not like away from strain, away from some out there things. And the idea is that in these events, you'll notice that people are bare feet or they leave their, they have one shoe off or they'll have both shoes off like the victims. And this has happened at Manchester. This has happened at Boston bombings. This is now also happened here. I had no idea in the Vegas shooting. Well, the reason behind it is it has like a Masonic imagery in order to do in your third degree level of masonry, you take off one shoe and that what, goes, what's your level? Uh, I'm, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm an Eagle scout. Okay. Well, that's good too. That's good too. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, um, so what's interesting is, so the Pythagoras the Greek, um, philosopher and mathematician, he came up with the idea of a triangle and he said to his disciples, offer sacrifice and worship with thy shoes off. So those that believe that this was a blood sacrifice to the elites, that this was a, a way for them to put up whatever the type of like evil that in the world is. Beyond that, the Druids practiced the same custom where they practiced their sacred rites barefoot. So there's this being, it's a holy ground, whether it's a sacrifice place and so, and so what the the participants are kicking their shoes off because they all know it's a sacred ground, or the terrorists or whomever are pulling shoes off so that they comply. There are people exactly. on the ground in the event that are part of it. They're 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 not. I don't want to say they're crisis actors, but there's actual participants in the event, and they you know they take people's shoes off. And if you so look, you think that Stephen Paddock had people on the ground that were pulling shoes off of people. Well, that were I at just risk go, of getting a bullet hit. I mean, here's the whole thing, dude. Um, here's the whole thing. I, again, I go back to, I think he was an insider. The reason, and that he was getting to, he was starting to sue casinos and he was running up giant gambling debts. I think he was getting too big. This is me. Yes. It's speculation, Sure, but I'm just going off of patterns I've seen. And, uh, this is a signal to let the people know the powers that be that this is their job. Now, if you look at the GoFundMe account, talk about that real quick. Yeah, the image for the GoFundMe, which has now raised like $29 million for all the survivors and the families affected. It's a cowboy holding his girl's hand because all cowboys are straight. And he's holding in his hand, the other hand, both of his boots. He's barefoot. It's like these weird symbols that doesn't make any sense to us, but it's a calling card to those that are initiated and in the know. This woman who just passed away, she's a witness there. She she just passed away. I forget what her name is, but she um, didn't you send me at that? No, this was a different guy. So far, like three or four witnesses have died, which is another sign of uh, red uh, false flags. But this woman who died, if you go to uh, one of her pictures on her on her Facebook page, it's a picture of uh, boots. Just two boots says the blood spatter. You look at the there's no blood on, it, but there's weird picture imagery of boots with the American flag around it, which by itself means nothing. A lot of this stuff by itself means nothing, but when you start putting pieces together, it becomes like breadcrumbs that lead you to a, a certain thing here. So it was on the 32nd floor, and the 32nd degree in Masonic, uh, the whole 
Scottish That's right That's the highest person. level or something. It's a very high level. There is higher levels. Is that levels. why Jesus died at 33? Just because they wouldn't let him get higher and the Masons nixed him out? Definitely. Po well, dude, a very interesting thing about Jesus, whether you believe that story or not, guess who killed Jesus? Who killed Jesus? America. No. Oh, um, the Jews. No. Um, Everybody wants to blame it on Jews, not I the do. Jews. I only want to because of Ari Shapiro. I just want to and, and your looks, as you must. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, it's actually the bankers killed, the, killed Jesus. Is that not the same as the Jews. No, totally. Did. I know a lot of broke Weird. ass Jews, homeboy. Weird. And on this podcast, we 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 discuss that a lot. There's a lot of anti-Semitism within that, and I I think it's lazy thinking. I think uh, they use these people use their religions, whether it's the uh, royal family, the Saudi royals, the Roth, Rothschilds. They all use this these religions that they claim as just sure. masks in which the, they they well, practice they can dark color, arts. They can color a, a whole swath of people. That they can get on their side. I mean, it's a good control tactic. Right. And this is what happens when people, when I bring up that I'm a conspiracy enthusiast or a spiritual skeptic or questioner of the official story, people are like, oh, so, uh, so you believe 9-11, this and that? Well, I just bring it to them. Do you know the very first active event in our American history was a false flag event? The Boston Tea Party. We dressed up like Indians. And we threw all the tea in the, in the thing, and they're like, it was those fucking Indians, let's go to war. So it'd be like if fast forward, we dressed up like Muslims and we did terrorist acts, we'd be like, it's those damn Muslims. So you know, we can accept it in a historical base because we have 200 years. Right. It's kind of like that idea, like you can accept Genghis Khan as just a bad motherfucker, and you would never think that about Pol Pot or Hitler or Stalin or, you know, Chairman Mao or any of those people that, like, but they're too recent. They're too recent in our history for us to look at that and go, wow, that was, that, but I'm, not that anybody would look and go, that's amazing, but it's like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, and that's a whole other conspiracy theory. Uh, to me, it's like, why, 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 why is Chairman Mao and Stalin, who killed 5, 10, 15 times more people than Hitler, nobody talks about that. Like it's like it's there's a, a lot a of stuff deal. about anyway, that. That's a whole different. Topic. No, that's super black belt shit. You can't get into that right no, now because people today. be like, not "What today. the fuck are not you today. talking about? Hitler's the worst person ever." You know, and he was. He was a horrible. Now, here's the thing about. Um, here's the thing that a lot of people think adds to he might be a gun runner is that a, a receipt was found at the Phoenix airport. Okay, that had Stephen Potick's name on it. Well, that's he, a weird find. He. He, it is because everybody's running in an airport. You're late for a plane, especially at Phoenix. They always fuck up your flight. Like, who just picks that up? That's a weird thing. Nobody's picking up anybody else's garbage. Uh, well, I, uh, the only thing, the only reason I say that it's, I listen, man, I could, I can answer this with a conspiracy. Okay, Maybe somebody at the rental place goes, I rented that motherfucker right. car. I have the fucking receipt right, right here. Now, the receipt says that he drove from. He flew to Vegas, basically, okay. and somehow he gets in the Vegas. I mean, gets from Vegas to Phoenix. He gets in the Phoenix, and he drives back to Vegas. To Vegas, because all the guns. but on that flight, but on that drive, he goes eighty miles out of the way. He puts eighty miles on it that are not part of that drive, which some people would say maybe that's where. So why do you, if you're a guy who's supposedly so fucking rich? Why are you flying somewhere and then driving back? Well, you got to carry a load. That's, uh, you're never going to get the smoke gun, but that is something that adds to it. Now, there's also a receipt from his room where he orders dinner the night before, and it says on 
the receipt, occupants two. Right. Two people were in that room. And the reason they, another reason they found, they, they realized there might be a second person in the room is they found a phone charger that doesn't work on his phone. Right. Okay. So two people in the room. Now, now the story, the official story that he's all by himself it isn't true. Tell me why there's, why I look at a picture of Mandalay Bay and there's two windows blown out. Uh, it looks like they're maybe on the same floor, but they're quite a ways away from each other. Do, do you guys have any ideas about that? He, re- he uh, rented both of those rooms. So one was a corner suite and one was the adjoining suite. So he, they're both were underneath his name. Oh, it looks way further than adjoining they, rooms. It's a suite. It's a big-ass rooms, I guess. Well, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard the legend of uh, penthouse Jason Tebow. But uh, we were doing a naughty show in Las Vegas, and we were, do- we were supposed to do it at a casino. The casino in the last second bailed out and said they didn't want the show. So the people at the Green Door, which is this, the world-famous uh, Swingers Club, which is where I did stand-up. I watched a large uh, black man with dreads make love to polar bears, big white women, while I did stand-up comedy. And uh, the guy who ran that room got us a suite, and when we showed up, it was almost like the entire floor it is like th- those are huge oh, okay. rooms. Okay, those are huge and so rooms. Then, and he's taking a hammer to both windows. How's he? Because those windows don't open. I've been there. Like yes. those are those are secure, thick windows. How d- does he just shoot through them? I guess he could do that. But the concussion. He said he has a hammer. Yeah, he said he has a hammer and he's hammering it. Those windows aren't meant to break. Right. They're meant to keep people who just lost a shit ton of cash from jumping. From jumping. Now, then I read another thing. And this was, I think, in mainstream news that generally there's a surveillance system that overlooks every window that's on the Vegas Strip for that reason to see and to see if anybody's doing any fucked up shit, throwing stuff off, uh, you know, abusing other people on the sidewalk or something by throwing things out their window, et cetera, et cetera. And so there's always surveillance there. So if a window pops that they can know where to send somebody right away and who's culpable. And they said, but because of something that, 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 that system was disabled on that day. And the casino, Mandolin Bay, one of the most prestigious casinos in the world, for four days, their security, their cameras didn't work. That is the most impossible shit in the world. That's like Fort Knox saying our, 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 computer, our, our cameras aren't working. Our security guard didn't show up and we didn't replace him. I mean, and it's like crazy. And that's like Buckingham Palace is going, yeah, dude, uh, security just wasn't working right. Never in the history of time will that ever happen. What do we see? We see that at Pentagon. We, where else do we see this? Manchester. Manchester in a city. I mean, England, they don't have the right to privacy. There's cameras on every corner covering every inch of that fucking place. Now, one counter to this. Counter is... If I'm the if I'm the feds or if I'm the cops, fuck you, Johnny Public. You don't get everything. We're looking at everything. Just hey, man, give them a blanket statement. All that stuff's off. We don't have footage. While I look at all the footage and ascertain what happened, that that could be right. Like, no, well, I agree with that. Some of the really like little things where they're like, okay, this is gonna. We have to keep this down because we don't know who this like guy they, is. If they found a treatise, if they found a Kaczynski style. Uh, manuscript in there about why he did it. I can see why they wouldn't tell me about it. Like you're gonna go ahead and and go through all this, and you and you don't want to tip off all the criminals that right. you want to scoop up around this. Right. So you want to go ahead and make right. sure that you know everything and you don't miss it. I could understand withholding that information. Right, but that's not what they're saying. 
They're saying we have computer we have the camera footage we're analyzing it we're not going to release it right now that's not what they're saying they're saying there's the none. system wasn't working no that's a weird thing to say man in a in a thing where every inch is i mean manchester's the same thing dude everybody's like oh man this poor bombing outside this a uh, uh, grande thing you you see nothing you see nothing but uh, you have a video and on off you hear a explosion and you're like what the fuck man it's, it's, it's amazing. I, I I don't understand that stuff because I think maybe it was ten years ago. I used to go to Vegas all the time uh, when we were touring, and and like they would say that like seventeen hours a day or nineteen something like huge. You're on video if you're in Vegas. If you're in the city of Las Vegas, you're on video for at least 80 90 percent of your day. And so like the idea being like sleeping hours, you're maybe not. On video, if you're asleep with I your lights off, I wouldn't doubt they film your but, room. But I wouldn't doubt that that's just because the lights off, and maybe they don't have infrared video or something. You know what I mean? I mean, I bet you're on video, damn near 100 percent of the time, and that there's not more footage of all that. It just seems super odd to me. It's super These odd. These guys are saying when I'm like, "How do you get 400 pounds of guns up there?" They're like, "Dude, there's bellmen and there's elevators," and I'm like, y- "Yeah, I mean." What, what about the valet that's are missing? There that are not suspect of getting that shit up there, and like, like I don't think that. You, will you help me with my fucking fifty cal bellman? Like, here's five bucks. Like, I don't know, and that you're not on film doing that with the bellman's help in the elevator in the lobby as you get out of your car. Like at every single point, if you're in a casino, man, you're on film. And and the valet who has since disappeared said he had no bags. You are shitting me. Disappeared. Yeah. The valet that they that was quoted as he was a nice guy, didn't do anything, and you he really didn't have any bags. There's no one, no valet that's come out and gone, dude. Yeah, we carried it, and I thought something's weird because I I would be carrying this stuff. I hear clink, 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 like a fucking tell there, me some metal fucking shit going on in the bag. Was it the Tropicana? There's another dude that got taken out of another hotel. What's the there is about? Fa- there's stuff that there was going on at the simultaneously Bellagio. Yes. Here's what I believe. I mean, again, here's what I think happened based on other false flags of San Bernardino and the Pulse nightclub, which is that they were going to set this dude up, do a huge fucking event. And why hit country people? Why hit the country music people? America. It's the biggest demographic of music. They're conservative Republicans who are the strongest pro gun advocates out there. You hit them. You hit them, you start un- uh, twisting their arm. Uncle, uncle, we're not safe. So you do this whole thing where it gets so big. So you have these multiple shooters around. You blame it on ISIS. There's all these ISIS shooters all around. You're not safe. ISIS is in Vegas now. You know, it's this fear tactic that's going on because supposedly Trump just rolled back Obama's uh, high-powered weapons ban. What was really interesting to me about that, too, was that all the Republicans also, everybody, every NRA supporter, everybody rallied around gun control afterwards, which that's unprecedented, I believe. I don't think that everybody's gotten on the same side of that issue maybe ever before. NRA was for gun control? I mean, they said, oh, we got to look at these bump stocks or whatever. And to me, I'm a shooter. I remember Hellfire triggers back in the day. You could fire, like, bursts with them. There was, like, a trigger augmentation you could do. But I, I don't know what a bump stock is. And then I was, it was nice. I was listening to Andy Stump's podcast, who's like a 
SEAL Team Six killer, and he and he's like, I'd never heard of a bump stock before. That. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So it's a it's a rare thing that like you know, fat white middle American nerds try to pretend that they're fucking uh, in you know fighting the Sandinista rebels or something with or whatever <laughs> while they're at their gun range like assholes. Like like there's probably not a need for that. I mean, it's like but. Um, that that thing exists but that that's like a real hobbyist fetishist kind of thing and now it's like every news reporter is talking about it as if it's like commonplace um so you know there's a there's a whole bunch you know that there's a giant gun show coming in uh oj was just released they knew he was going to be in vegas so all the media was going to be there there's a lot of things going on that make this the right place at the right time Hmm. you know uh, now here's the whole thing. This guy shoots 500 and some people kills 50, right? From this perch right there. So they, they can't get together whether he was a fucking advanced shooter or a novelist. Okay. Or a novice or a novice. You're right. Yeah. 100% books, novelist. I gotcha. New. I gotcha. Thank you for catching that. I'm never going to hear the end of that. Okay, I, if I wasn't so lazy, I would edit that out, but I'm just going to put that out. Um, so this guy, this security guard, this magical security guard who showed up with a high-powered rifle, he shoots 200 times at him, hits him once. From what is probably from here, probably to the other side of your apartment. Now you're telling me that that was happening preceding supposedly breaking the window out and all that probably that's wild to me so what tipped that guy off to be there or this leads me to think more that it was a gun deal gone bad in some weird way because that guy was in on the deal and he's like he doesn't like the way it's going he's like fuck you no fuck you and then it escalated to a gunfight now let me ask you something. I mean, is that Tay, if you what you're shoot thinking? Paces, how, would you yeah. bring twenty four guns with you? Like, when you bring ton of ammo, five guns, yeah. but a shitload of ammo, yeah, like because three. gun gets hot, next gun, yep. gun gets hot, next gun, twenty four guns, and they would all be the same caliber, also because I'm not trying to carry different ammo for everything. I'd all have, I'd have similar. Maybe I'd have two different rounds. So this guy who can't hit a dude. Properly hits him in the leg. They said with 200 rounds from no nothing farther than the hall. He's got to be close enough that he got he knows he's there because supposedly he has video cameras in the fucking hallway, which doesn't send a whole shitload of security guys. Dude, there. I choked the guy out in in the hallway in, in Vegas, and there's security there. Two minutes later, yeah, or something like that, and yeah. it was just like a, a nothing altercation. <laughs> So a police sergeant for Vegas told CNN that um, he Paddock screwed shut the stairwell door of the hallway near his room. You're you're just out there doing some handyman work with a drill, screwing a a Vegas style door. And how often do you not see? Go ahead. Next time you go to a hotel, especially in Vegas. And when do you not see uh, three or four maid carts on that particular wing? They're always working on their turning those rooms. It's like somebody who would see that. Like somebody notices that. Yeah, for sure. 100%. So they're saying that this guy isn't even a marksman enough to hit this dude down the hall right. with a with a, uh, 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 automatic weapon. But then he goes, knocks out this window, and now they're saying that his no wasn't a suicide no. He was actually doing like... 
gun math and that he was doing trajectory and uh, all that stuff that he has to do. Windage and drop, elevation drop, all that. But this guy's not a not a, he's a novelist. I mean a novel, right? right yeah. You know, it's like Hemingway. Fuck yeah, that guy. Oh God, I did it again. But the point is that he's he's not he's an amateur at shooting guns. Right. But now he's calculating wind and all that shit. And then from what fifteen hundred feet, he's pegging dudes off. Like, that makes no fucking sense. Yeah, it's weird. It's there's there's too many inconsistencies and incongruencies to not talk about it. I mean, novice and 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 that. Or novice. There's no T either. It's just novice. There, nah. That's but you can, novice. It, it's closer. Nah. It's, yeah, we no. We know what you mean. Nah. <laughs> English is second. Nah, nah, for yeah. some people and this is room. why we, we. I mean, I'm glad we got to talk to you about it because when Sam was like, "Yo, uh, Tate wants to talk about it," I was like, "All right, this is a guy that I respect." If it was just some sexually co- some kooky dude on the internet skyping in, I'm like. I don't know, man, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's, I mean, it's an odd thing. This, there, there's so many questions around it, and I think that I, I would love to know, but I believe there's, there's just so much that we don't know that the police probably do know. That, you know, because I can't take the, I, you know, I used to when I was a kid, but, like, I can't take the tact that, like, you know, the police force is just, they're all in on it, everybody's doing this. It's like, it's, it's not that, you know? It's like there's a lot of, there's a lot, wrapped up in all this world that we're in and it's important to question those things and also i believe that it's it's just like having a free press the the important thing is the only power that the american populace has is the ability to question and the ability like i don't give a shit if it's obama or if it's trump that's in the fucking white house man i want to hold both their feet to the fire i i'm going to think everybody that's in that office sucks and i'm going to hold you to such a high standard that it'll be uncomfortable and your hair is going to turn gray and I think that's the right thing for an American to do, regardless of who's in power, because it's so much power. And I think if I were in power, I would want that same kind of scrutiny, too, because I would want to be kept in check because there's so much at stake for 330 million people and the reverberations that are felt instantly around the world by billions of people. I respect when America that. shivers. I think that's I, I respect that. I just you don't get to that level unless you play ball. And my opinion is, if you put Santa Claus in it, in that president, he'd be a war criminal within two weeks. Well, I, I'm, just to get there, I mean, what do they say that you, you know, what what's the definition? And they, you know, if you're going to say what a good man is, and you'd say at the base level, somebody that doesn't kill women and children, or something like that. And there's a lot of political theorists that are like, by the time you get to be a governor of any state or any higher elected officials, you've got bodies on you. You know what I mean? And like, that's just the way it's a dirty fucking world, man. And we, we pretend in America a lot of times that people don't die. We won't show body bags from, from the wars on our television, the way they do in Barcelona or anywhere else. People are very aware in other countries, the horrors of war. And we don't know it unless we know somebody that came back without a leg or something. Unless they want us to know. We don't feel the tremors. Perpetuates more war. Certainly. Unless it'll perpetuate more violence and, and uh, more engagement of the American tax dollar. These, these uh, shooting spree stuff that they're showing, they know it radicalizes people and it causes people to want to go do mass shootings and they want that but yet have you ever noticed they've never once shown um uh, a bank robbery they never show bank robbery. i think the last time they showed a bank robbery is when those dudes like 15 years ago In went armed to the tees yeah. yeah and that just is about uh radio that's about more about how these guys get these guns than more about uh a bank robbery and they really that story bank. was about body armor 
you know, really, because those guys just walked through like fucking Frankenstein machine gunning police and civilians and everybody. A horrific event, man. And and that, you know, it, it, it is weird. It is like that's it's a bank robbery and also terrorism. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm just looking to make people feel afraid for no reason. That's terrorism. But let's sit here. Let's talk about like how there's all these false flags, right? Uh-huh. About like uh, 9-11 false, they, there's a stuff, it's a false flag. There's, uh, 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 you know, the Aurora, uh, um, not Combine, but Sandy Hook, San Bernardino, all these ones I've already listed, right? Aurora's the movie theater one, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's say those never happened. Okay. What kind of world do we live in now? A pre-9-11 world, is that what you're saying? Post yeah. Post-9-11? A pre- the fear has to. We we need to keep on being afraid. The moment that we stop being afraid, then we're just going to go back to life as usual. But look how quickly things are already happening. In terms of like, what do you mean already happening? It's only been three weeks, and we're just moving on. You know, it's slow like just normal people, not us included, yep. are just moving on with their life. They're accepting this official story. You know. You know what, man? It was very interesting because I did comedy. Two days after the club I was at did a stand-up show the day after. Like if that's not like the craziest thing, and, and uh, they're wonderful people, they did it because, and everybody at the show thanked them for it. But it's like there is this. Let's we gotta get back to normal. We can't let them them win. And I'm like, is that what we gotta do? Do we gotta go back to normal, or do we have to fucking sit here and start wondering what the fuck's going on? Did people want to laugh? Uh, they said the show was great. I'm going to tell you something, man. That week in Las Vegas was the hardest week of doing stand-up in Las Vegas. Between that shooting and then four days later, Ralphie Mae dying. That's yeah. hard, dude. That's hard. It's hard to do a show. But we got to snap back. And the crowds were so good, dude. They carried me through these things because those are some moments where I want to cry on stage because it wasn't easy. You know, Ralphie May, I love the death. Ralphie May, and then all those people dying. It's hard to be a, 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 a clown in those moments, but you got to do it. And that's the whole thing, man. It's just like, I think the key is that we have to keep talking about this shit so that people start questioning. I don't know why it's this thing where you get, you know, and that's a big part of school is that. They train you to trust authority. Authority cares about you. They want you. They have your best interest. And I question that when there's this much money involved. We're talking trillions of dollars. Trillions and trillions of dollars. And we're going to leave it up to some dudes just to hope and pray that the the election goes their way. I don't agree. I don't believe in that. No, there's no way. The, the money weights it too much. When you and see power. people, when you're in desperation and you see what people will do for $100 or Three thousand dollars. It's like what? If, what do people now? Watch the first forty-eight, dude. Guys kill people over ten dollars. Yep. That dude owed me ten bucks and he didn't pay me, so I killed him. Yep. Yep. And you think because they're hood, you know, they're crackheads, they're still wired like Dick Cheney. Yep. Exactly the same. They're still wired about these guys. Yeah, and like, I mean, it's the it's the grabbing of power. I mean, that's all. I mean, from when we're children, you watch a puppy. You can watch a puppy if you're aware at all, and you see that everything is just a grab for power and attention in some kind of way. And it's like when, when, you're, when you look at that, that the lowest life forms, they automatically do that. 
you have to be elevated to work out of that if, if you're even willing to. But that's the, that's our default is like trying to get as much power in the room. And, and that's a wild thing. And that doesn't matter if you're a crackhead, if you're a fucking two-month-old, or if you're Dick Cheney. That's all the same. That's an innate wiring of us. To transcend that, you've got to think above those lines in some way. And most people don't. That's, well, that's why you look now and you're like, God damn, I, don't, should, I mean, should we let everybody vote? Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like that's a, you know, we're in a, we're in a weird, weird spot where we're led so, so artfully by media that we get presented with. And that, you know, I've got to look at it. One of the most daunting things for me, because I think I'm pretty level and I think I'm pretty mid, mid line with a lot of things and now have a real judicious kind of outlook, but I only know what I see, my perspective. And like when they talk about the way Facebook and all these things are engineered, that they, they create an echo chamber for you. So if you like, boom, a so-called liberal post, you'll see more of those. If you like, uh, you know, a Trump post, you'll see more of those. If you like, and so at a certain point, after a few clicks, after a few likes, you're not going to see any of the opposition. You'll have no measured idea because you'll only be seeing one side of the argument so strongly and artfully done that you won't even think that there's another part of the country that thinks differently than you. You'll be shocked when you see the outcome of an election. And that's exactly what we just walked yeah, through. Yeah, 100%. You know? And that's a, it's, a, it's a weird time to be alive where you're going, I think I have all the information, but I don't have any information. I, I went to China last year, and I... Um, you know, how great is that? It was awesome. It was beautiful in Shanghai. And, and, uh, I love Shanghai. And what was surprising, I met with, uh, some guys there. I went there with Greg Glassman who owns CrossFit. And so he met there with the guys that in the Adidas building that are running China's Reebok, who they have a big deal with. Right. And, and he was going, what our goals are is to get, we got, we saw a slideshow. We want to get in these, these are the top 15 sports where department stores in the in the world these are the biggest financial guys in the world in this little micro realm cool and i'm looking at them all i'm like for sure i'm gonna hit i didn't know not one of them like there's not a dunham sports up there there's not dick sporting goods there's none of that shit there's 15 different fucking names of companies that are monolithic international companies that are the biggest companies in the world and me as an American that's been in sports for fucking a couple of decades, I don't know, not one of those. And I'm like, what's my scope as an American with what I'm seeing? I'm, I'm in this echo chamber of America. Yep. And I look at like, like what transcendence might look like, you know, to really have a, an honest breadth of like knowledge about anything. It's like, we're, we're so compartmentalized now because of marketing, capitalism, um, you know, if Google sees you talk about hiking boots, there you're going to get some ads for hiking boots. Oh, it in happens your next all emails. the time. You know, and they listen to you. Your computer for listens sure. to you. I just bought an Alexa or an Echo or whatever the fuck it's called. For sure, everything is listening. You know, there's not a time when Alexa's not listening to me. They have a thing that makes my my paranoia feel better. They have a button on there that says microphone off, and I'm like, for sure, that you know, that's gotta fucking, work, right? That, you know, didn't we learn when the Clinton emails all got all got destroyed? He's like, I deleted all those, and they're like, sorry, bitch, nothing's deleted, Bill. On like, Snapchat, it, it's forever. They go, everything is forever. Your pictures don't disappear; they're actually stored. Nothing disappears, and. Yeah, it's almost like when you do the crosswalk and they just put that button there just so you feel like you're doing something. Exactly. And that, but, and that is the thing that brings me up in these cases of, of uh, 
anonymity and where it's the best decorum to be anonymous and all that. And then at, at the same point, do we have any anonymity anymore? There is no, there's only an illusion of privacy. There is no privacy. It's, it's a weird deal. It's a weird, it's a weird kind of consciousness. It's also interesting because there's not viruses in the same way that there were, where there's just a bunch of guys that are going, I just want to spray paint the wall like an asshole, right? There's not those guys that McAfee, like bug, like whatever, uh, virus tracker or whatever that shit does not even it doesn't even come up anymore well because what they're doing now to hack is they want your shit to keep working they don't want you to know they're there they're just going to move information so you're only seeing certain information i mean that's that's where we're at now you don't need to do that because your computer's going to seize up you 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 maybe can't fight that like it's a it's an odd, odd well time you know what us. they do right now is now they do something on on your computer if you uh visit certain sites adult sites uh, there's some weird kind of something that goes on where your computer will say, oh, you're infected. Right. And, oh, I've we, seen that. we can fix this for you. And Hit then you this. call this number and they get on your computer and they're running your computer. And what they do is they try to get all your passwords. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I, I stopped it real quick. I had to go through and change all my computer. So then I had to go to the Apple store. And they were just like, dude, yeah, that's a big scam. And But I would keep getting that McAvee thing like, oh, dude, you're this, you're this. I had to go in the back to Mac store. They had to go through everything and pull it out, dude. It's like, now nah, that's just me, and I'm pretty computer savvy, and I fell for it. Now it's like, imagine being you know, him on a computer or yeah. something like that. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, you're just going to get fucking lit up. It's a different world. Yeah. Crazy, man. Macs can't get viruses, but they can get malware, which is a different form of a virus. So it's like, it's just all shady crap, man. Man, this was great. I love it, man. All I got is uh, more questions, and maybe we'll do it again when we get some more answers from uh, the Everybody's waiting for a smoking gun. You'll never get it. You'll just well, never I'm, get what it. What I'm afraid of is what happens more and more instead of the answers, instead of these voices that are kind of echoing through the internet. It's just the, you know, ah, man, they're getting too close. Let's have another horrible event and cover this one up to bring it, you know, and that's, that's the sad aspect of it for me. And, and I guess, you know, what it all brings it back to, what this means like more to me, it just emboldens primary ideas in my life, which are if I look at the external so much, I'm never anything but miserable. Sometimes I get inspired. Sometimes I get better ideas, some, but more often than not, if I'm just looking at that stuff, man, I'm a spectator in life, which means I suck. And that I'm also really just in, encouraging negative thoughts. And I'm, I'm the guy that's the architect of my own misery in the future. Because I'm looking at all the stuff that I'm impotent to change or impart any kind of positive result in. And then that also makes me feel bad. So then my mom feels bad. Harrison feels bad around me. Anybody I'm hanging out with, I'm like, God, can you believe the state of the world? I'm that guy. I'm a down, I'm like Eeyore. And, and I'm like, that, there's no money in that, man. There's no love in that. There's no nourishment in that. And so like when I look at it and I go, I can't look at the news so much. I got to really be careful and be disciplined. And sometimes I'm too much of a little kid to be disciplined. I just can't watch. Because it's, what's important is that I'm loving and that I hug the people around me and that fucking I'm trying to make people feel better because it's a shit show. We're going to a wall like we're we're, we're going to go and explode. The best thing that could happen is a meteor. Like we're not turning around technology. People are getting dumber and dumber all the time. They're always questioning. I always think they're getting it's not that they're getting dumber. They're just getting inundated 
with more useless people knowledge. can't process it what i just said about that i need to discipline myself more so that i don't look at external components that's not a skill set that most people have or want people people don't even understand the differentiation between emotions and intellect they have a feeling and they believe that they've thought something to the fruition of an answer you know what i mean because they have a feeling and it's like my feelings are the things I have to wait till they're quiet before I can formulate a good decision right. because the feeling becomes overpowering. And so right. now I've learned that I have to pause and wait before I become reactive. But it, we're in a crazy time and people don't even have an operating, man, operating manual for their own human bodies and their own human minds. And, and we think that we're going to know something about some images we see on television. I remember 10, 15 years ago traveling with Rogan. We went to uh, the guys that made... Is it God of War or Games of War or something? It's a video game. And uh, we're looking at Twitches and we're looking at crazy shit on, that is now commonplace. And Joe's like, how long before like it could show me robbing a bank on the news? And he goes, oh, oh they can do that. They can make it look exactly like you. And you could be ser- like, they, anything, oh, yeah. anything is possible. And so you bring up the videos about, you know, is the CIA cutting heads off people? And that I don't know. I don't know any of it, but I do know this. I know that it's all possible, and I know that there's a big money bag at the end of that route, and and people go towards money. Yep, I uh, I completely agree with that. One thing I want to say is like, you know, there's like the four horsemen of uh, the dark, the deep state, the CIA, the FBI, Mossad, and MI5. Is it MI5? MI6. Yep. Yep. Okay. Those guys are good, but what I've what heard, and this could be missed. No. no, they're not in on that shit. They might be. It might be even 4D chess. It might be even deeper that this whole Putin thing is just a show, too. That's definitely possible. Yeah, okay. You know, Putin says he saw the Queen Elizabeth shapeshift. You know, he said that. He's quoted that before. And so, you know, who knows what's real, what's not real. It could um, be an error in translation, though. <laughs> It's possible. I do believe that the uh, that the Queen Elizabeth is, is either the most powerful person on the planet, or she's in that realm. She's in there. the only person I ever really heard talk about shape shifting. Where I was like, "Wow," was Borat. You know, when he was staying at those people's house, and then he was afraid that she was going to shape shift and crawl under the door or something. Uh, <laughs> I do believe you know, that there are uh, some the dark arts involved. Shapeshifters that you know, there's this whole thing about hollow earth, and uh, you know, if you look at most religions, they talk about how the center of earth is fire with demons. Reptilian people look like fucking demons, dude. I mean, it's throughout history, there's the discussion of that. So, I'm not saying it's real or not real. I, I've learned on this podcast anything's possible dude but the reason i brought all that up is like there's supposedly and this could be misinformation too that there's a large group within the cia and fbi that sees what's going on and they're they're pushing back because i think within any organization there's good people and then there's people who sell their souls you know they'll certainly who play just for go for this quick cash and the promotions all that stuff but i think there's generally some real people who join because they care and they care about what most people think about this country that's love and it's a leader and it's here to sh- be a beacon of light to others and that they're pushing back as they see what's going on. And I think that's definitely possible as well. Right on. Well, thank you guys. I'm glad you guys came out, man. This Tay, I love good, you. Good I'm, goddamn morning. I'm a huge, I'm just a fan of you as a human being. I learn a lot from you and I always love having our conversations. I'm a fan of you too, man. Uh, I want to, I want to, uh, Thank Caveman Coffee. Go to cavemancoffeeco.com. You can also go and sign up. We have a great deal with uh, 
a wonderful company called Sauna Space right now. If you follow my Instagram or anything like that, you'll be able to see uh, this pocket sauna, which is a double-walled canvas sauna. And there are uh, two in the world that look like mine. There's mine and there's yours. And you can get yours by going to cavemancoffeeco.com slash giveaway. And you can just give your email there, and we will sign you up for the program. And we'll be, at the end of October, we'll be giving away... um, uh, free sauna space. So it's like a $2,000 value near infrared sauna. You can listen to my podcast with Brian, the owner of sauna space and uh, check it out. Um, and thanks very much, man. We love you, bud. Thanks. Tate. Y'all be good to each other. Hey guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in this episode real quick. We just wanted to follow up on this cause we recorded this October 15th at Tate's place. And since then, some more information's come out and obviously more and more stuff's coming out. We, we, you know, we want to address basically that we realize they've stopped covering this. They stopped pushing the lone gunman situation. They stopped pushing gun control. Uh, you know, since then the security guard, Jesus Campo, is that his name? I believe he's been on, uh, Ellen, which is weird. He went on Ellen. Didn't look like the guy at all. He didn't look. He gained forty pounds in eight days. Uh, they did a lot of facial recognition software. They say it's a different guy. His face was rounder. He lost eight moles. They said if you look at his ears, different ears, um, uh, different like the side where your uh, your your kind of your your hair on your head meets your beard. That's totally different. And so there's a lot of things that's changed. I do not believe it's a lone gunman still. Uh, some people think there was helicopters. There's a whole bunch of different stuff that keeps coming out. The stories keep changing. And uh, we just want to address that a little bit after. We understand the stories changed since we record this. Thank you again for listening. Any thoughts, Aaron? Uh, Ryan, excuse me. No, we appreciate Tate uh, doing a swap cast with us with Pirate Life Radio. So tune in to his side of things, too. So. All right, thanks for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. We'll see you in the following week. We're talking Donald Trump's time machine. We'll see you guys. Take care. Bye. This is only the beginning.